0: Beautiful fall morning. I love this time of year, with its brisk sunny days. The plants and trees are starting to show their colors. But um, I haven't seen Mr. Kennedy yet this morning.
1: I wonder what's going on. Ah, there he is. Good morning, Mr. Bob.
0: Are you not late for school?
1: It's two-hour delayed openings today and tomorrow for parent-teacher conferences. So I stopped and got us some coffee. Here, have a cup.
0: You're too kind, Zach. Too kind. <coughs> so, uh, how's the revolution going in class?
1: We're about to hear, I mean, discuss, the shot heard around the world. It's really the first main battle of the war. Ah, yes. The shot heard round the world. Who was it?
0: Who fired first? The Redcoats or the Minutemen?
1: I don't think we'll ever really know but what we do know is that two redcoats died on that bridge in Concord where the shot happened.
0: That's right. But can you imagine the outcome of that day if Paul Revere didn't ride into town the night before?
1: Thank goodness he did. You are listening to The World
0: According to Mr. Bob, a historical fiction educational show based on true life events. Some sounds and language may be inappropriate. Listener discretion is advised.
2: Okay, fine people with the great Massachusetts town of Lexington. Let's all take a seat here. Let's go, let's go. Now, thank you all for coming to this meeting. Mr. Samuel Adams and I have important things to discuss about how to handle our misgrievances against the king. I say, off with his head! Yeah, and then we'll throw it overboard into the harbor with this tea. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let's not get irrational. Is your name Johnny Franklin? It sure is. How'd you know that, Hancock? Oh, your cousin warned me about you. Benji, my man. He did? That's right, he did. Ben wrote me a very nice letter from his stay in London. He mentioned you at the end of it. Nothing but pleasantries. Your cousin is a very smart man. Oh, that's Ben. He's, like, really smart. Anyway, first of all, like I was saying, Mr. Adams has been attending our newly established Continental Congress in Philadelphia. He is representing all of you fine men. And he has come here to tell you that all members of the Congress have agreed... The best way to break free from the king is for all of us to come together. Create a union. All colonies for all. What do we want to go along with some of them southerner colonies for? We're Yankees up here. Calm down. Just everyone calm down. Now I'm going to pass that question to Mr. Adams and explain why we must all come together.
3: Thank you, Mr. Hancock. Whether y'all like it or not, we are separating from the king. We finally have representatives from all of the colonies in our newly established Congress, all on board, indicating we will be joining as one. We are all Americans. It is time that we all start acting as one.
0: Everyone was looking around the room at one another. The townsmen had paused to collect their thoughts, taking a moment to ponder on what Sam Adams had just
3: said. Adams is right. What makes me any different than any other blacksmith from Virginia or Johnny here any different from Tommy over there?
2: And what makes Farmer Fred right here any different from a farmer over from Pennsylvania? I know a farmer from Pennsylvania. Sit down, you silly old Farmer Fred. People, that's right. If we all fight as one, we can stop
3: this oppression and free ourselves on our own land. Now, Mr. Hancock, will you read to these fine men the announcement that the Continental Congress has written
2: informing all the colonies what measures they will be taking up as a new order? My pleasure, Mr. Adams. Due to all of the outrageous taxes the king has imposed on nearly every good that our households consume, effective immediately, no one is permitted to buy any British-made goods.
0: It was at this moment that someone on horseback carrying a lantern appeared over the hill, racing down the road, riding to the town square as fast
3: as he can, he abruptly stopped in front of the meeting. Ye are fine men of Lexington. I have been sent here with an urgent warning from a credible
2: inside source. Silversmith Paul Revere, what is this urgent message you speak of? Excuse me, we're on the brink of war here. And you,
3: Mr. Revere, come riding in, interrupting our very important meeting, flashing your fancy lantern. This better be a really good message. Pardon me, sir, but the war is here. The British are coming. What did you say? He said that the British are coming. Can't you hear? I said, with the confidence from an inside source, from the local physician, Dr. Joseph Warren, that the British intend to march into town tonight and into Concord and other towns to seize your arms supply. Oh, crap. And on top of that, they want to specifically capture you, Mr. Adams, and you too, Mr. Hancock. And you said tonight? Tonight. Me and about a dozen other men are riding from town to town barring this warning of the British intentions. We will be hanging one lantern from the church's steeple if they are arriving by land and two lanterns if they are arriving by sea. Quick, you have no time to waste. Both you, Adams, and you, Hancock, need to leave immediately. Get on your horse and follow me out of town.
2: Gentlemen, this meeting is over now. We must alert the militias. Hurry! As they start to scurry... Another rider appears over the hill, sprinting down the
3: road to the town square. Now who is this? William Dawes, I told you, I would be riding into Lexington. What are you doing here? You should already be in Concord. Lexington? Lexington's on the way to Concord from Boston. I was heading there, saw the lights in the commotion, so I pulled over to stop. Let's go, we must ride. The British are coming. The four?
0: get on their horseback and take off over the hill.
3: Listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. The British are coming! The British are coming! The British are coming! The British are coming! The British are coming!
1: coming! So didn't Paul Revere get captured by the British that
0: night? That's right, Zach. Must have gotten Adams to Hancock out of harm's way first. The fairy tale story of Paul Revere always seems to leave that tidbit out.
1: <laughs> Can't wait to drop that piece of trivia knowledge on my students. Yeah,
0: apparently Paul Revere never said the line, the British are coming. Or at least didn't go
1: riding around shouting it out. Funny how a story can change over time. So wait, what happened the next day? Isn't that when the shot heard around the world happened?
0: Well, the next day, the Redcoats had arrived in Concord. And they were having a hard time finding any arms and ammo because the townsmen had already moved their supplies.
1: Thanks to Paul Revere. Yeah, and one of the many other riders that warned them. So the Redcoats didn't really find a big weapon supply. How did that lead to the shot heard around the world?
0: After a while, the Redcoats started burning whatever they could find and started a big bonfire right in the heart of Concord. And since they were a proper army, They took control of the town and all the access points.
1: Oh, the North Concord Bridge, where the shot happened.
0: You got it. The local militia, the Minutemen. They were named that because of how fast they could assemble. They started to gather on top of the hill, overlooking Concord. When they saw the big fire, they acted quickly to prevent the Redcoats from burning down the whole town.
1: So they saw the fire. What did they do?
0: That's when the first shots of the war started.
2: Whoa, that fire's starting to look really big from up here on this hill. What are we going to do, Captain David Brown? This is looking bad, Johnny. We need to advance our attack and defend our town. Everyone, this is it! Pick up your arms! Let's take back our town!
0: This is when hundreds of the Concord Minutemen ran down from the hilltop to the Concord North Bridge where they met a large group of redcoats defending the entrance to town.
2: Whoa! Hold up, everybody. Hold up. We got a bunch of fuzzy redcoats in our way.
3: (laughs) Oh, I see we have company. Yes, throw down your arms, ye rebels, ye villains.
2: No, never. I believe you have mistaken. This is our town. You invaders, throw down your arms.
3: Now! You must listen to direct orders from the king himself. Now lay your arms down.
2: You ain't the king. That's right. And we are done listening to the king anyways. This is our town. Our if you disobey
3: direct orders, then you leave me no choice. <laughs> Gentlemen, raise arms. Johnny. Aim!
1: No, that can't be how the shot happened.
0: That's it, Zach. The world will never know who took the first shot. The shot heard around the world really just refers to the event instead of the actual shot.
1: British Army had never really faced much opposition that, well, let's just say, didn't go so smoothly.
0: Yeah, basically. And when the news made it back overseas about the day, it really
1: made big headlines.
0: Not many were killed on either side of the bridge that day. But the Minutemen never backed down,
1: which only grew the enthusiasm for the start of the revolution. So what's the big deal with the Battle of Bunker Hill? Why is that one a memorable battle? Well, the Battle of
0: Bunker Hill happened only barely two months after Lexington and Concord. All three locations are very close to one another. Just outside Boston.
1: Oh, so yeah. Everyone was still around the area, of course, so there's going to be another battle.
0: Of course. And did you know the Battle of Bunker Hill didn't even happen on Bunker Hill? What do you mean? The actual battle happened on a hill that is called Breed Hill. The Minutemen built their fort on top of Breed Hill, a hill that is next to Bunker Hill, because it's a smaller hill.
1: So you tell me that they said, I don't feel like walking up and down that bigger hill. Why don't we just set up our fort on the smaller one?
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Basically, this hill will do, but the Minutemen still need to defend their territory.
1: And that's where we get that other famous line. To find out what
0: the famous line is, and to hear the dramatic conclusion of the Battle of Bunker Hill, tune into the next episode of The World According to Mr. Bob.
4: The World According to Mr. Bob is created, written, and produced by Bob Stanishevsky and Adam Stanishevsky with associate producer Zach Kennedy. Recorded and mixed at Crooked Lane Sound in Cherry Hill, New Jersey by audio engineer and sound designer, Adam Staniszewski. Episode number four of season one is titled Lexington and Concord. It features Mark Kleiner as John Hancock, Nick Ursa Marso plays Captain David Brown, Dan Flynn portrays Samuel Adams, and Brett Slavin performs Paul Revere. Mr. Bob's graphics were designed by J.R. Farrell at Promotional Graphics, Doylestown, PA. The theme songs are provided by silent partner and ease jammy jams for a full list of character and musical credits please check out our website the world according to mr. and while you're on the internet please follow our facebook page for updates hit the like and subscribe button on our youtube channel if you want to advertise or sponsor the show please email us at world of at gmail.com or to support mr bob paypal him at world of mr bob mr bob would greatly appreciate it I'm Danielle Byrne, announcer extraordinaire. Thank you for listening and please tune in to the next exciting episode of The World According to Mr. Bob. This has been a Moon Ranger production.